you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, listening. <laughs> Thank you. We just appreciate it. It's Friday. And yes. I, look, it is Friday, but it I is. did, I did put effort into what, you know, I was going to say. <laughs> um, anyway, it's good to get to a Friday, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it's kind of been a, a little bit of a rough week. You know, yeah. every morning that I get up, though, I feel a little bit better each morning, but it has not been like 100 percent. And and that's a, that's a bummer. You know, I always like to say I'm not a victim, but there comes a time where sometimes you are, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're you're not 100 percent and, and you do feel <laughs> it. And so I have I have felt that this week. Yeah. Uh, but the, the I feel like the worst of it is behind me and I've been able to uh, deal with it, you know, yeah. at home. And so and so that's good. Which and, is a blessing. It's such a blessing. It's you know? such a blessing to be able to um, kind of, I guess, publicly not. <laughs> this is up for debate, uh, up for debate. Uh, I was going to say publicly not miss a beat, but privately just suffer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but clear everything out and, and do your final coughs and sneezes and, and then. <clears throat> all right. And then just kind of hope that that hour goes the way you expect it to go. That's that's been pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> but a cu- couple shows on the other side of it. You know, it's just been, ah, we made it. Mm-hmm. We made it, you know, without a hacking fit, without a complete <laughs> loss of voice. So that is good, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but it's Friday, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to um, <laughs> more of the same. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna say happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans who listen to this program. Thank yes. you so much for your service to our country, and thank you for getting it, getting um, this incredible American experiment and being willing to um, to sacrifice to protect it right. in whatever capacity that you have done that. Um, thank you so much. It, mm-hmm. it is a shame. I, I think about how um, to celebrate the things that used to be uncontroversial. Like it just, you know, we celebrate Veterans Day or to celebrate, you know, July 4th. Um, these things were you know, just quick examples of what would have been seen as uncontested celebrations. Right. And now, because we have been so thoroughly re-indoctrinated. And part of that, we have been wokenized. Yeah. <laughs> and and part of that wokenization is <laughs> um, is a hatred for your country. And, yeah. and I, I really wish that people who are so proud of themselves that they're woke. I wish they understood the origins of that type of um, national hatred. It's a self-loathing. Um, it has to be worked in this, um, the critical theory that is the origins of this Marxism, basically is its its platform, its roots, right? But you have to hate your country because there can't be any national sentiment. You have to understand the first um, grab at success uh, as far as... Um, economic Marxism would have been concerned Mm -hmm. um, 
would have been people rising up the haves against the have-nots, but yeah. people were nationalists. They cared about their countries. And so that was seen as a great threat to um, Marxist ideals. And so one of the items on the list for um, necessary attack is love of country. And I wish people understood that that, that that was not an attack that was only fought here in America, that you would cause Americans to despise their country, but this has been the aim and the attack in other countries around the world, right? That you would have this, that you would see yourself in these categories that have nothing to do with your country. Mm-hmm. And, and you need that. You need that so that you can wrestle people into these little groups that you then control. Yeah. They don't feel like there's any national sovereignty that they need to defend their nation. So then there must be someone who can exist beyond all borders. And I mean, it all just kind of sets the stage for where we are headed, but I digress. I say all of that to say happy Veterans Day. Um, we live in an amazing country. We really do. And and the thing that I find most amazing, uh, most amazing about this country is uh, God's sovereignty and the and the raising up of this nation. Yeah. And against so many odds. And I know that yeah. sounds cliche, uh, but it's it's just a fact yeah, it you is. Know, against so many odds that the Lord preserved this nation, a nation that should not be. It really does not make sense. Yeah. Um, Except that the Lord has a plan. Uh, And we've said this many times. The question is, has that plan already been realized? Is it yet to be realized? We don't know. Uh, I think a lot of that will be determined. Our understanding of that will be determined by the direction that we go. You know, one one of the sad things, too, that that I think about when we have this type of conversation is there's been times in history where, um, you know, nations have been overrun from within or things happen and you always got to point to, so where was the church, Yeah, you know, when it was happening? And I feel like we're living in a time where there's a lot that's happening. And the question, you know, um, in the future, you know, mm-hmm. um, as the Lord returns before that time is like, so where was the church? What mm. was the church doing? Like, what were what were the things that they were preoccupied with? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that, that it's going to be an indictment because think about when we talk about how this nation was formed in the, the uh, miraculous way that it came about. Yes, man, to to lose that, you know, and I'm talking. I'm not talking about just losing uh, just the country, but losing God's, you know, uh, favor uh, because of turning away from God. Yes, man, that that's that's sad, you know. And I think when history is is uh, written, barring a awakening. Man, that, that's that's going to be a lot of questions about the church. What, what are the people of God doing, you know? Man, that is such a profound question. I've begun reading um, the, the latest book from Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we're going to have him on the program on Monday, I believe we're yes. going to have him on. And so I, I began reading the book um, yesterday. I'm probably not going to have it done in time for the interview, but... I'll have enough of it read that I can um, engage him on this. And, and it, it's so interesting that you're saying that because the book is No Reason to Hide, No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. And basically that is what that is precisely what he is doing. He's calling upon the church to stand for Christ. Like he's he's calling upon the church not to retreat. Now, I, I will tell you 110 percent and I, I don't have any reason to to need to anchor that with any more than I'm just telling you the truth here. I hadn't read this book, Will, You're My Witness. You put it on my desk last night mm-hmm. um, or yesterday evening. 
But I remember saying something in the course of our conversation, we were talking and I just said, and it was in one of my rants, I just blurted out that, you know, um, sin and darkness is not going to police itself. Like wickedness is not going to retreat on its own. It's not going to just say, hey, we've done enough. So I was reading in his book last night, uh, and this is in chapter one, and and I'll just start here and, Mm -hmm. and then you'll see. He goes, uh, I don't know who said it first, but one of the most sobering comments I've heard recently is that evil never retreats on its own. And I was thinking, Dr. Lutz, it was me. I'm the one. (laughs) Totally. It's not. That's a joke. But here's the thing. The church has been retreating for a very long time. And I'm going to tell you, I think one of the reasons that we don't feel like it's been retreat is because we have been unaware of the battles that we should have always been fighting. Mm. We've been very comfortable um, in the United States of America, we've been very comfortable. Uh, it's been uh, beneficial in many instances for us to be a Christian. To be a Christian is how you get elected to positions historically in this country. To be a Christian would be how you get jobs, how you are entrusted with certain tasks and responsibilities because there was the historical belief that if you are a Christian, there are just certain things that go along with that, certain as, um, certain expectations that are beneficial mm-hmm. to the larger population. That time is no more. And and I think we have to understand that. I was I was reading the One Million Moms um, latest alert, and I just thought, wow, that's amazing. So um, the action alert is uh, Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig has now two moms oh, featured. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, guys, that's they're crazy. animals. I mean, I mean you know, yeah, I just want to say come on, man. animals, right? So... Um, She says many, this is uh, Monica Cole directs 1 million moms here at the American Family Association. Many parents have found the prominent animated children's program Peppa Pig to be a clean show. 1 million moms has recently found this to be no longer true. Peppa Pig has added a same-sex polar bear couple to the program. Uh, The company Hasbro acquired Peppa Pig in 2019. Uh, But here's the thing that I thought was really interesting. Care2.com started a petition care2.com started a petition with over 23,000 signatures demanding the inclusion of a gay couple in the children's program wow. 23,000 signatures and here they are i i would assume that this is their way of obliging that that request this is their way of meeting those demands and I think about the number of you know bible believing christians whose kids will consume peppa pig um you know what would be the counter, right? I guess it it would be like signing a 1 million moms petition. But along with that, it would be that that show goes away. Yeah. You know, we no longer, we can't, because my, my thing is once we can't trust you, we can't trust you. You know, right. I, I just feel like once you show that you don't have any, you know, and, and the reason I bring that up in context of what we're talking about is that it's no longer preferable to uphold the righteous, self-evident moral standard of God. Mm. God's standard of morality is righteous and it is self-evident. It proves itself to be the best way to live, right? So we live in a time, excuse me, where it's no longer prudent to uphold that, but it's now beneficial to bring in everything else. Man, that's that's crazy. So I I think of these cartoons, I think of these different, you know, um, things that are trying to inject this this whole... uh, agenda in and it's like man where will it ever stop and then you have to look at evil it does not stop you know it will not stop you it will continue to go and i feel like as christians 
you know, we have to be willing to uh, go away from certain things. You know, we got to be willing to say, hey, I don't need this. You know, this is not something to add to my life. I, it it, it kind of it goes back to being um, bogged down with civilian affairs. You know, there's certain entertainment that can really be uh, so a part of what we're doing and what we uh, watch in life that, man, we find it hard to give those things up. And so I think, you know, we're going to have to really survey what's important, uh, what we really um, uh, hold as priority, and be able to say, I don't need this. You know, that's that could be hard. You know, when we talked about Disney, you know, and things like that, but we were like, man, Disney was something that you had grown up with, a lot of people, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of Christians, you know. And so, and even back in the day, it wasn't like all the way right. But you can see the decline so vividly. And it's like, man, when are we as Christians are going to, when are we going to get tired and say, okay, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not watching this. And, I, and, and our children may throw a fit. But that's why we're the parent. But it's only for a short time. Yeah, and that's they, why... They, yeah. I promise you, they only throw a fit for a short time. You may have um, some future bursts where they um, suffer the loss because it's a loss for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only for a short time. We've been through it actually many times. I'm not happy to say that. But we've made the difficult decisions. And, and I will tell you, part of making the difficult decisions to take our kids out of cultural indoctrination mm-hmm. is to prepare them to live against the grain and culture. If you never, if there, there are small controlled environmental um, tests and, and um, trainings that you can conduct for right. your kids where you ready them to be peculiar in a larger culture. Um, the problem is as parents, we refuse to do this in a small controlled environment setting. So we refuse to deny our kids. We refuse to tell them, hey, you know, we're just not going to participate in that. And we we deceive ourselves into making these concessions where it's like now, but we'll, we'll, we'll do this. And so right. then you teach your kids to make concessions. You right. teach your kids to be unwilling to give things up because it's just what it's like our brother Jerry said when he called in. Um, this was a few months ago now. But he made a great point. He said, you know, why is it that we just have to be entertained? The Mm. question is, so what is our entertainment? It's like almost sort of like we just there's no way we could possibly live without entertainment, which I will say, I will say that there are joys in life that we define as entertaining Mm -hmm. that do not have to be produced by people who hate God. It's true. So so anyway, that's okay. We'll grab the break. (laughs) Aaron, the Addison's stay right there. back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition. We call it our gumbo show. Everything goes into the pot. That includes your comments on all of our programming for the entire week. You get to comment on all of that. Maybe you didn't get around to asking a question or making a comment. Maybe you couldn't get through. We're going to um, we're going to remedy that, man. <laughs> I promise. I promise <laughs> I speak. Look, I promise I speak good. Um, <laughs> here's the number. 
888-589-8840. Your comments on anything that we talked about this week. 888-589-8840. Just to remind you, on Monday, we kicked off the week with a bang, Dr. Baruch Corman. Yeah, that was oh, fun. Oh, man. My man, goodness. I, I, I could have gone for two or three more hours. I've what about you? i watching his videos and stuff, man. Haven't I, I you mean, now? I, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, it's, it's awesome, you know, <laughs> teaching and stuff like that. But, you know, th- th- those are some of the things that I, I feel like, wow, like, yes, just to, to understand, you know, certain words and different things, you know. I, yeah. And uh, he so was just important. a really... Uh, down to earth guy, you know, yeah. just being in the studio, and and it was a good uh, time. It was a good, good Very show. Nice. I like yeah, it's sometimes I, and this is unfortunate. I don't know why it has to be this way, and indeed, I don't think it has to be this way. It just sometimes is. Mm-hmm. You usually don't find down to earth people with as much knowledge as he has. Mm. There's something about in the Bible <laughs> says that, that knowledge puffs up. Yeah, you know, and it's really difficult to be around people who are puffed up. It is like in a in a literal physical sense, you think it's it's hard to get close to puffed up people. Like you know, <laughs> just think about it. Like in a suit where you just pull a, a zip and then <laughs> like you can't get close to that. Um, but but I, I it's interesting and it always does resonate. And I say this, I I have this conversation. With our son, um, J.D., a lot. He's 12, but God has given him, and this is something that the Lord has done for him. I try to remind him that you didn't make yourself, right? It's the Lord who's made you, not you yourself. The Bible tells you this. And so I try to remind him that as he is able to conceptualize things on a really deep level, truly philosophical level, he he is a honestly deep thinker and sometimes yeah. it's overwhelming <laughs> to try to meet him where he is but right. i i see this as something that the lord has entrusted to him for god's glory amen. god has entrusted amen. this to him that god would be glorified through him and so our job is to shape him in that that's way right. that's right that's that right. with all that he's able to retain and as deeply as he thinks about things we're trying to rear him in such a way that other people will want to be in the room with him yes do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> and, be and, I, or, and not you know, be repelled or repulsed yeah. or just sort of right. like, well, great, you know a lot, but I don't want to know it from yeah. you. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? And and that like, exists oh. in people who know a lot of things. They just can't help themselves. It's it's and it's almost sort of like a thing where the other people in the room are just beneath them. And and I I, I tell JD all the time, and he says he says because um, we we talk to him about trying to work this out of him as a as a young man. You know, trying to make sure that he grows for the glory of God and and you know he's like so you're saying that there are adults who are like this you know and I'm like yeah yeah (laughs) you know and his his question is like so what happened well I don't know probably not parental intervention (laughs) I mean I don't know you know what I mean like I don't know what happens but um and certainly the scriptures can work that out of anyone who didn't get parental intervention just usually doesn't happen. All right. So on Monday, Dr. Baruch Corman was was on with us on on Tuesday we were looking at election day hmm in America and asking the question, does it matter to God? Yes, it absolutely does. Yes. And and very telling where we are now, the expectations versus what actually turned out. Mm-hmm. And I think that says even more about us that mm-hmm. is n- not favorable. Right. So um, then on Wednesday, uh, yes. Will the Great, Wednesdays with Will, Ambassadors for Christ. Uh, being ambassadors for Christ, that that's we are strangers, we're foreigners here. You know, uh, aliens, I mean, the, the scripture speaks about it so much, you know, but we, while we are not uh, from this place, you know, this is not our final place. We have a mission. We have a job to do. And God has made us ministers of reconciliation uh, and we are ambassadors for Christ. So 
Uh, we this is not our home, but we're on mission while we're here. Mm. Not to be entangled with civilian affairs, what that means, you know, and just really um, trying to focus in on the mission that God has given us. Amen. Amen. And then yesterday we rounded out the week with Brandon Showalter, investigative reporter yes. with the Christian Post, where we talked about his uh, five part series. I'm going to be listening to the fifth part today. It's coming out. It's a generation indoctrination where he just exposes um, the move to indoctrinate our kids and mm. where it's happening and the heart of where this is happening. Ground one or what are you ground zero? Yes. Ground zero, ground zero. is in our public school system. Yes. All right. Well, the great. What, let's go to the phone lines. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Don in Arkansas. Hi, Don. Good afternoon, guys. Hello. Just wanted to uh, happy Veterans Day. Yes. Yes. Being a vet, being a veteran, I wanted to say thank you for being people worth serving for. Oh, oh God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate that. That for what you guys do every day, I get to listen to you as I'm working. Yes. God bless you and keep it up. Oh, God bless you, Don. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Man, that's what an honor. That that is that is super special to hear. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. God bless you and thank you for serving our country too. Yes. Well the great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Bill in West Virginia. Hi, Bill. Hi, how you doing? All right. I I just wanna make a comment about your opening uh on your program today. I just and I haven't read the book completely. I just started it, but it's a very good one. I can tell it's going to be a very good one. Mm-hmm. And it's entitled "Letter to the American Church." Eric Metaxas. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, listen. What, <laughs> it goes right back to Bonhoeffer and what he did mm-hmm. during the Holocaust. He did nothing and did not encourage the church to do anything. That's where we're heading. Well, Bon. No, not Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer you you mean the Hoffer. German Church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the German Church. I'm yes. Sorry. yes, yes. Okay, right. yes. But okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the German Church is exactly where we're heading today. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't straighten ourselves out. You're right. So, Look, I just want to make mention about that that book. I haven't read the whole thing yet, so. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Very, let me tell you, Bill. So we started, we, we got it. We downloaded the book to listen to, and, and we had a, a, a trip here recently. It was the Fishbowl Retreat. And so we started listening to it. We haven't finished it, um, but it's very captivating. We've watched yeah. Eric Metaxas do a few interviews on it, and I just will let our listeners know, we actually, a few weeks ago, our producer uh, reached out. I don't know where we are on that, but we'd like to get him on to talk about it. I agree with you, Bill. I think that this book is one of those moments. It's It's one of yeah. those... You know, where will we stand? Where will right. the church stand? Right. And uh, I agree with you that even even having not finished all of it, um, it is shaping up to be a very good read. So yeah. anyway, it's the Letter to the American Church, I believe, is the title of the book. It's authored by Eric Metaxas. Not a long book at all. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to if you're kind of like, I got to read in pieces here. And, you know, um, as we're all very busy, you should be able to read it fairly quickly. But yeah, I, I agree with Bill. It's worth getting getting a copy of that and reading it if you can. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to James in Tennessee. Hi, James. Hello. Hello. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, something that, that everybody can do everywhere in the country in every school system. Mm-hmm. And that is organize a parental group on a particular subject either religious 
or just uh, academic subjects and take the kids out of school during the school day, maybe take them into a church building because we have a trillion dollars worth of church buildings around that are in use maybe five to six hours a week. So we've got places to go, mm-hmm. and we can give them instructions every day of the week to counter this stuff. And everybody can do it, and the school board cannot, under the law, stop you. Mm. It's called release time education, and it's been around for 110 years. Mm. And there are people who do release time education, but nobody does it very much. Mm. James, thank Thank you so much for that. You know, it's amazing. Release time time education. I just wrote that in the margin. I'll have to look into that. Um, It's amazing to me. And I think our brother James has called in before and told us about this, um, if I'm I'm not mistaken on that. But James, you know, the argument that that you're making here and that we've got a lot of churches that sit empty um, throughout the week and it's only used a couple nights a week and, and there's so much use that can be made out of the gathering place of the believer. But I, I think what it comes down to is the motivation of the parents and the mm. grandparents. I, I don't think it's because, um, I, and I want to be generous here and I want to be very careful. I don't think it's always because we feel like we don't have the resources. I think that it really comes down to lack of motivation. And let me tell you why I say that. Because if the motivation is present, then we will discover the ways that already exist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if if the push is there, Mm. if you are desperate and I got to tell you guys, look, you know, I think about this and we joke about it. And I was even I was talking to the kids just the other day. Now, look, I don't recommend this for any other homeschooling families unless you're secure in your homeschooling relationship with your kids. Okay, if if you got insecurity (laughs) in the homeschooling relationship with your kids, then don't joke like this with them. Okay, because I joke like this. All right. But my kids are secure. They know that in the words of mom, y'all ain't going anywhere. Okay. (laughs) But I joke with them and talk about how, you know, we really could, we could make the day less chaotic. Like it could, it could be easier. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we could, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I, anyway, so what I'm saying is we've got to be determined what, what our brother here is talking about Mm -hmm. will come about when people are determined, when they feel a sense of like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of feeling like you're making my kids my enemy. Mm. I work too hard. I invest too much in them for them to come home with these radical ideologies Mm -hmm. that cause them not only to hate me, but to distrust God. Like they don't even believe that they can trust God because of what they are being taught that is antithetical, but also antagonistic of the faith that I'm trying to entrust to them. And and I think that's where we've got it. We've got to get to the place where we're just like, man, enough. I've had enough. You know, it just shows that the indoctrination, you know, uh, has gone in the home, like to the parent, like affected the parents, too. Mm. Like, so now there's a shaking, you know, because COVID was a big thing where parents were able to see what was going on. And then, you know, more people, more parents are aware. But it just shows that the indoctrination then just stopping the schools with the children. Mm -hmm. But But the parents have been indoctrinated because there's a thought that these are the experts. These are the people. I'm sending them there because they are smarter than I am. Mm. All that indoctrination has infiltrated the home. Oh, now what the parents, an excellent point. You know, have to have to shake ourselves and be like, "Hold on, wait, wait. I've been wow. I've been indoctrinated." You know, this is something That is an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that from that perspective, but I th- I think you're exactly right that we have 
internalized all of the ways that the public school system sees us as parents mm-hmm. and, and that we have thought there are just things that we can't do. Right. And I think to your point, COVID showed something quite different. And there are many parents actually who decided to continue on because they realized something about themselves that they had thought was untrue. Yeah. And that is that they can't teach their children additionally they can't be around their children for eight hours a day. Mm. That is also untrue. Can I just tell you, I'm going to say this and then we can go back to the phone lines. Mm -hmm. It is a lie from Satan. It is a lie from Satan. It is an insidious lie from Satan that you as a parent cannot be around your child for eight hours a day. I want you to understand, if I were trying to wrestle your children away from you, mm-hmm. I would start by convincing you that it's best for them to be away. And that's, I would and start, that's, what, that's what's happening, you know, even with these moves to have school year round. Yes. I sent y'all that article this you morning. Did. You, you know, did. You and, did. And, and some parents were saying, well, it's going to be, I'm excited about it because it's going to be convenient for me. We're going to save money. And also... I'm not going to have to worry about what my, my child is. Oh, you know, when man. I'm at work, they're going to be at school. And I'm like, man, you're not seeing that this is all a part of that whole thing to to have the the, the lion's share of the time. They already have That's it. Right. But now That's it's right. like, let's do year-round school. Even more. Even man. more. And I, I think it just, you know, and again, each parent um, will have to be prayerful about what you do with what the Lord has entrusted to you. But I think for us to kid ourselves that, there's not a move to wrestle our children, our children away from us, mm-hmm. um, I think is unwise. I yeah. think we have to see that this is what the enemy is doing and this is what the enemy is successfully doing. Let me say, before we go to the phone lines, we got an email and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just going to do it from, um, from memory here. Mm-hmm. There was a sister who wrote in and I thought she made such a great point. So forgive me if I butcher it though, but she talked about bringing cupcakes into the schools and she said that it's good to be a blessing to teachers in school. So she said, please remember to encourage parents um, to not just be antagonistic, but to also encourage teachers to come alongside teachers. And I thought, you know what, that was, that was a great reminder Mm -hmm. because I do kind of start from a place of like, yeah, I'll bring cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to see what you're doing, you know? Um, And that's just my, that's, that's kind of my nature just to kind of be on guard. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and I think what, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the point that she was making was a really good point that Mm -hmm. we, we don't have to start out being antagonistic. We can, you know, be caring and we can show up to help and be a blessing. Yes. Um, And, and I know, I know those Christian teachers who feel like they're in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I know their eyes light up when they see the Christian parents show up. I know because mm. they, they feel like, oh, reinforcement. Yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> what we need. Reinforcement. Come on in. So anyway, so I thought that was a great email. It was very well received. It was a, I saw that as a Christian rebuke, but like not, and why do I have to give a disclaimer? Rebuke is good, guys. It's good <laughs> to have someone challenge you on something. Like we, we're not snowflakes. You can receive it like i feel like i had to give a disclaimer and say but i'm okay with it guys okay like i'm okay it's rebuke it's good and and what she said was good and i receive it 100 percent. and i wanted to share it with our listeners because i think you know we can go into a situation and intending to make it better you can make it worse by being antagonistic you know just kind of out you know at the onset or at mm. the whatever at the outset from the beginning 
<laughs> from, the from the beginning Indian. you guys don't understand <laughs> during all of these breaks and whenever i can i'm trying to sip on this warm tea to keep my throat in order okay i'm gonna bring out the violin you messed up we, i know i know <laughs> bring out the lebron james crying baby oh all right man. this is the friday edition of Aaron the addison's our gumbo show everything goes into the pot we will grab this break and go right back to the phone line so please stay right there Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's, 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 I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's God's servant with his... I, there, I need a meme for when you hear the last spot on the break and you're not done with the cough drop. I need a meme for that. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do, you do? You just, you go to trying to chew it quickly and then you get the burst of all the like menthol oh, and you're just like, wow, oh, okay, here man. we go. <laughs> it's not as bad as all of that, but it is, it is quite the thing. Yeah, was, it, when was, it a, was it a strong one? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was one of those, it was one of those Ricola lightweights. Okay. Uh, it wasn't like the ones mint. that Merle give. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what kind of throat issues the hey, people of the islands those have. Those work. I loved them, by the, the way. Throat but and it, but breath, everything. Let me just say this. <laughs> let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. Merle did warn us, okay? She gave us these mints along with other beautiful things, like from the islands. I forget exactly where. And she's going to be mad. I don't think but, she's in the chat, so she might not. Okay, even. wonderful. Great. So <laughs> anyway, she warned me, though, when she gave me the mints. Oh, no, like, she's you know, there. Sorry. She's, <laughs> she said, be careful. It's These are strong, you know. And so I was just like, oh, okay, great. I mean, you know, that's what you want, strong mints, especially early in the morning. And, man, the very first time I made the mistake of, like, biting into one. Like, you don't even give it a chance to kind of, like, you know, dissolve I just bit into it. I felt like now this is not what happened. This is not what happened. But if I could um, animate what happened, I felt like the burst of menthol went up through the pores of my head, like and and escaped through the little pores strong, where my man. like they, it was just such yeah, a. Um, we love them. So man. no, no, this yeah we yeah they, we they helped us all all through the month of July. And Merle um, is from Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago, Tobago, yes. right? I say Tobago. I'm from New Orleans, Tobago. Okay. I, th- I, I think it's Tobago. Okay, whatever. Tell us, I mean. tell us, Merle. Ago, right? It's Tobago. We need to get to these phone lines. We need to get to the phone lines. It's Friday, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we headed? All right, let's go to uh, Sue in Ohio. Hi, Sue. Hello. 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 Um, I just wanted to make a comment, um, especially to, I listened to the show when Will was talking about, um, politicians and the issues like about abortion and things like that i'm Mm. just so glad that you said that because if you are saved i mean it's simple as the ten commandments thou should not kill Mm -hmm. it should not even be an issue for discussion Mm -hmm. whether it's an election or not and any candidate that makes that as their top issue you're you're politicking for murder Mm. Mm. i just wanted to you know just wanted to say that 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 should you're you're speaking death you're stealing death um you know and that's if you know it, the wool must be over people's eyes to not see through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard some discussions from the previous caller talking about the school systems. 
Um, I opted my child out because I do have one child that's in public school, but there's a Mm -hmm. curriculum called Get Real. I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to report it because the content in in it was appalling and offensive and was there was a survey asking my child questions that I, Mm -hmm. as an adult, would not feel comfortable answering. Wow. And I explained to my, you should not sit in a classroom where anything that you were taught or told or asked to do makes you feel uncomfortable. And the other Mm -hmm. students felt uncomfortable too. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm just suggesting add that to your list of improper (laughs) curriculum that us Christians have to fight against. What's the name of it, Sue? What's the name of it? It's It's called Get Real. Get, get real. real, yeah. Little hmm. and other things, but it, it's horrible, horrible. Uh, Sue, wow. thank you so thank much. You, I appreciate you um, sharing that information with us, and also I appreciate your vigilance. I think those are the things that require boldness on the part of Christian parents. Number one, to be engaged, to be reading the content, and to have the kind of relationship with your kid where you know that mm-hmm. your kid was subjected to something like this, and then also to have the boldness to go in and say, absolutely not. <laughs> Right. Absolutely not. Right. And and no. Got to do it. Right. You gotta have do to. It. You you got to do it. Exactly um, right. Just to let you know, um, Merle said I, w- I was right. So I don't believe that. She did. She said I was right. Tobago. Tobago. Yeah. She said I was right. She said you got it right, Will. All right. You ready to go to the next call? <laughs> Can Merle see my face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so it's Tobago. Okay, fine. If you want to have an unrefined like island, that's fine. Everybody knows that if you refine, you want to soften that A. It's Ago, Tobago. <laughs> She's from there, okay? I know, I know. The arrogance. Merle, please laugh with me. But can I say that this is a picture of what happens in our country on a regular basis, okay? Here it is. Okay, this is where you are from. You have been calling this name for like probably all of your life or f- since the time you could talk and here i come along and all of a sudden i'm going to tell you the right way to say the name of the island is it an island <laughs> is, it, is it is it a collection of islands i don't i don't anyway tobago <laughs> okay um, all right where do we go right. next let's go to Friday. lynn in arkansas hi lynn hi i hope there's no echo this time um some other lady and me had an echo, which was weird. I had a really huh. hard time talking over me. <laughs> uh-huh. anyway, you sound great uh, today. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to say I really appreciated the Bible information from the rabbi. Tell me his name again. Baruch that you Corman. Yes. yes. And uh, one thing that makes me kind of crazy is when I hear... The Bible being read, and I'm trying to keep up with my Bible. Now, I read the New King James. I'm not saying that's the only one or whatever, but where the the whole um, verse is reversed. Like you're, you know, it's not like a word is different. It's like the whole verse is reversed. And he mentioned that. Yeah, that's um, really interesting. Yeah, to me, it causes an air of confusion. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, and I can't imagine how many different Bibles people have, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that they're looking at. But anyway, and then another thing is when I do a Bible study um, where they have verses, sometimes a book or a Bible study has all these different versions. Mm -hmm. And I always think, is that just they want to appeal to everybody or, or, they are trying to get a certain thought across, and so it comes out the best and 
a certain version. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate you calling in. But to Lynn's point, um, Dr. Baruch actually suggested the New King James Version as, I guess, his favorite. Didn't Mm -hmm. he say that that would be his 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 top pick? Um, And and it's interesting because he said sometimes the order of words and the way they're placed communicates a thought that is different from the intended uh, thought uh, in that verse. And that is so concerning. It should it should be of great interest to us, you know, as we're reading scripture, because we want to understand, we, we want to have a proper understanding. I'll say this. I was, um, you know, I've not been quiet about my feelings about the song reckless love. And I've, I've said, mm-hmm. man, I just hate describing God's love as reckless. Like I just, and I was saying that from a place of just reckless is bad, you know, and I understand people saying, well, it's poetry and all of these things, but you know, um, I was talking with Gabby and it's so interesting how she said, she goes, why couldn't he have just used a different word? She, she goes, um, even in the, the list of like, I guess like God's, um, sinful men, she goes, she says, reckless is listed among that, like among this list of, and I, and I go, wait, where is that? And she says, and this is just in passing, we're running errands. So mm-hmm. we're just shoulder to shoulder and she's just talking and I go, where is that? You know? And she goes, I don't remember. I think it's in Romans. She goes, I don't know. I was reading, I think I was reading in Romans and I read reckless as a quality of like sinful men. And so she goes, and I just thought, why would we describe God as, you know, reckless? And so I went back to Romans. I thought, well, maybe it's in Romans one, you know, the list of all of the, um, all of God's case against humanity. And I didn't find it there. So I decided to do a word search on the word reckless in scripture. Mm -hmm. And I did a word search on reckless And can I tell you, in all of the instances where reckless comes up in the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament, it is negative. It is not positive in any sense. So in Proverbs 14, 16 says, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A fool Hmm. is reckless and careless, right? (laughs) Um, And then what Gabby was talking about was in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, um, listening or uh, listing how in the last days that um, perilous times would come and how men would be. And in verse four, it says that they would be treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I was thinking, I actually wrote this down because I wanted to bring it to conversation today. But in light of scripture and having a biblical understanding of God, I, I was wrestling with um, why we would do these things. Like even as we write songs, you know, we think the song sounds good. But mm-hmm. like, why would we redefine God's love to be something that is clearly in Scripture negative? And the only reason I could come up with that we would do that is because we are trying to understand God's love from our perspective and to pursue people the way that God pursues a people to to be willing to sacrifice the way that God sacrifices for us in our own human capacity, mm-hmm. we have to define that as reckless. I mean, just <laughs> unmoored. Like, why would right. you? But that is then to make God like us. Right. And he is not like us. In mm-hmm. fact, he calls us to be like him. Amen. And so we don't have to condescend or we don't have to reduce the description or the understanding of his love um, to be like us, which would be the definition of a madman. You know, <laughs> I would do all of these things to come after you because I'm reckless. 
But that's not what God is saying (laughs) about his love, nor should that be what we take away from it. And so I think it's so important that we have a biblical understanding, a biblical perspective. And I was thinking even in my conversation with Gabby, my first thought was, I just don't like the way that sounds. That's just bad, you know. But then she took it to scripture and she's like, well, it's bad in scripture. Hmm. And I did a word study and and certainly from Old Testament to New Testament is bad. Anyway, for whatever that is worth. Let's go back to the phone lines. Really great. Where do we go? (laughs) Let's go to Angela in Tennessee. Hi, Angela. Hey, how are y'all? Doing good. Hello. I I just wanted to make a comment about I agree with everything that you say, and I have four kids, and my two older kids know the book of Revelation backwards and forwards. Oh, wow. We we study it. They do, they've done the Dud Bachelor um, series on it. And the thing is, the one book, that puts out Satan's game plan is the one book that he doesn't want people to read. That's, mm. that's a scary book. Don't touch that book. Mm. I said, why doesn't he want you to read that book? Because that's the one book that gives the biggest hope. And that's the one book that tells you exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. Mm. Wow. What an excellent point. Thank you, Angela. Wow. This, this, this is such an excellent point. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so listen, it's interesting that Angela would say that because um, we were reading and I think it was like a cross reference in Revelation and we had to go to the book of, of Revelation. And one of our kids, I don't remember who it was said, Ooh, the scary book, you know? And I thought, no, this is not a scary book. (laughs) This, this is a book of hope and redemption. This is a book that clearly lays out that in the end, all of the suffering and all the pain and all the weakness and all the evil will come to an end, you know? And so as a result of that, I told them, you know, we will uh, routinely take time where we just study through a particular book Mm -hmm. and we'll just take our time and work through that book line by line. uh, And we believe that's best practice to keep everything in its context. And I said, you know what? I think the book of revelation needs to be the next book that we study through. And so here, hearing from you, Angela, I'm I'm thinking, (laughs) Maybe so. So Amen. anyway, I agree with you. Thank you so much for calling in with those comments. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Doug in Mississippi. Hi, Doug. How you doing today? Doing good. Hello. First, Miss Mickey, I hope you get the feeling better. You're sounding so a little stuffed up. <laughs> and also, I just, want, I just want to remind the listeners about the AFA Resource Center mm-hmm. that y'all have on the AFA website about the – you have Jesus, Our Living Hope button, buttons, and Keep Christ and Christmas wristbands. Oh, yes. For yes. people to hand out, to Thank get you. and hand out. Yes. Thank you so much for that, Doug. I really do appreciate that. If you go to store.afa.net, you can go to the AFA Resource Center, and um, you can avail yourself to all of the resources that we have there, including the buttons and the wristbands and the books, the resources there. Um, to hopefully strengthen you and your walk with the Lord and to help you be an evangelist, to mm-hmm. tell the world about the truth of who Jesus Christ is. So thank you so much for that, Doug. I really appreciate it. Well, the great. Where do we head next? Cindy in Tennessee. Hi, Cindy. Hey, I am a grandmother uh, with a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I'm picking them up at school. I'm in line right now. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed that I know all the teachers in the school, and they are all Christians. But I was brought up in a time when, of course, the Ten Commandments was on the wall. We (laughs) prayed and said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
about the versions of the Bible. Of course, I'm King James because I've memorized it from my mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I want y'all to check out, and everybody listening, Ezekiel 39, verse 2, in every other version, even the New King James, and I have them all, it leaves out where um, the Lord says that he will basically kill five out of six and leave that one to go back and tell. And John Hagee has preached on that before because I don't know I don't know why that's left out. It says, hmm. you know, it's talking Cindy, about the God my God war. I'm so sorry we gotta run, but I will go and check this out until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.